Hi, this is Laura with Kick Ass in Life, where I help you get hired fast, be smart with money, and be a happier and healthier you. We've talked a lot on this podcast about various things, anywhere from how to set goals for yourself, how to network, how to craft your resume so it gets noticed. And we've also talked a lot about money. And I love talking about money. I love talking about salary negotiation, but it's a tricky conversation. But if you don't negotiate your salary, you're leaving money on the table. There are these calculations out there, basically, that you can leave anywhere from a half a million to a million dollars on the table over your lifetime if you don't negotiate, especially in that first job. That's insane. That's just money that's on the table waiting for you to take. That That is yours, but if you don't ask for it, it's not coming your way. And it is stressful. I get it. It causes all kinds of anxiety. However, the only way to get what you want is to ask, and it's all business, it's not personal. Before we dive into today's episode, don't forget that you can get your copy of my ebook, Kick Ass With Your Money, now live on Amazon. You can find links to them from my site, kickassin.life. Plus, because I know you love learning, I wanted to invite you to two free months of Skillshare. It's usually $10 a month, but because you're a Kick-Ass in Life listener, you can get your first two months free by going to kickassin.life forward slash tools forward slash partners for a link to sign up. And Skillshare offers unlimited access to over 18,000 classes on everything from design to photography to marketing to technology. Let's get into today's episode. Denise Liebetrau wants you to get paid what you're worth. And the only way to do that is by ask. That's what we're talking about today salary negotiation. Denise runs Prosper Consulting LLC, which helps her clients be very successful in salary negotiations. And she's sharing her tips with us today. And then once you plan your negotiation, you'll walk into it feeling much more comfortable. And one of the key things to manage your emotions is to get really centered and really clear on the value you deliver. It's really knowing your worth. Because if you don't believe it, nobody else is going to believe it. In today's episode, we talk about how you can frame your negotiation, how you do the research so you have the information to be successful, how to lead with a business case, how to frame your accomplishments and results, how to make that case to your manager, how to be visible, how to answer that why in the negotiation. This is all super actionable information you can take into your next salary negotiation either at your current job or at a new job. Let's dive in. Denise, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast, and we are talking all about negotiating your salary, which you are a pro. You do this, and you help others get more money um, through your company, Prosper Consulting, LLC. So I'd love if you could just do a quick introduction of of who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, Again, my name is Denise Liebetrau, and I founded Prosper Consulting um, in 2017 because I had worked at Fortune 500 companies in HR, primarily doing uh, compensation rewards work. And I was tired of seeing people either not negotiate or negotiate in the wrong way and leave money on the table. And so when I started my company, I wanted to work with small and mid-sized businesses, which I do. But then I also wanted to sit on the other side of the table and teach employees how to negotiate and get paid what they're worth in a corporate setting. So that's what I get to do as well. 
I, I love getting to do that because it allows me to use what I used for 25 years in HR um, and, and whisper in people's ears, essentially. Here's what you need to say. Here's how you need to say it. Here's how you need to show up in an interview or if you have um, the goal of getting a promotion because you like the company you're with. Um, here's how you set yourself up to ask for a promotion and be successful and get it approved. So it's fun to get to sit on the other side of the table and teach people what they don't know. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think it's something that we don't talk about enough because especially for those that are just getting started, I think it can be intimidating to talk about salary and thinking about salary negotiation. I think I was lucky because my dad always gave me the advice, uh, you know, always negotiate. The worst that they can do is say no. Uh, so it was instilled in me early, but I think that there is still this this a little bit of a a jumping, jumping off point for a lot of young um, people just coming out of school to figure out how to do that. But first of it, let's talk about why. Why is it important to negotiate your salary at all? So when I first started my business, I put myself in the position of being a young person in my 20s and potentially just getting out of university. And, you know, what would, if I didn't negotiate periodically throughout my career, how much money would I leave on the table? And I'm a bit of a spreadsheet nerd. So put it in a spreadsheet and it's really half a million to a million dollars of the course of a career that you leave on the table if you don't ask when you're producing good results. And that's a tremendous amount of money. And one of the things that really bothered me is I saw a big difference between how men and women negotiated. Um, many women wouldn't advocate for themselves in the same way men did. And I was really frustrated because I'm like, well, men, men typically make more than women, depending on the profession, of course. And we pay the pink tax. There's a lot of things as women that, that we're kind of at a disadvantage for. And, and yet we're not negotiating and stepping into our power and advocating for ourselves. So I do a lot of marketing to women, although I have more male clients than I do female clients. And one of the things I would tell you, is you said, you know, it's intimidating to young people to negotiate. I would tell you what I have learned is even people who are VPs and above, men and women, Nobody is really 100% confident in their negotiation skills when it comes to negotiating for themselves. We all get um, heightened emotions. We all second guess ourselves. We all wonder if we could do things differently that would have provided a different outcome that would have been better. So negotiation is something that many of us struggle with. And I think it's also because we don't do it super frequently. We're doing it not, or maybe not frequently enough, but we do it generally when we are, have a new job offer, we're in a job search. Um, you know, sometimes when we're in a current job, we can advocate for ourselves and ask for more as well, but it's something that we're not doing every day. So it doesn't feel, it doesn't necessarily feel easy to us because we don't, yeah, we may have a little bit of practice, but we, <laughs> at least for me, it's every time I'm sort of in that, that position, I have to sort of um, dust myself off and remember the skills that I learned <laughs> learned before. So um, that could also be a little bit of a stumbling block too. But what are some other ways that make make it hard to negotiate and how we sort of get in our own heads and get in our own ways? So one of the things that when I teach workshops, it always comes up is what if I ask for too much and it they they take away the offer? Or what if I ask for too much and, you know, I'm kind of come across as aggressive or entitled and it, I don't come across the right way. And you can, you can, you can really misstep in these kind of situations. But one of the things I always tell folks is you lead not with the ask for money. You lead with what have you produced in terms of deliverables and results that are valued by the company you work for. 
So you lead with the business case. Here's what I've done. Here's been the outcome. You know from how the company talks about their values and their strategic goals and their success metrics, whether they be financial or customer oriented or operational, you know what they define as success, or you should. And then you put what you deliver in the context of that. You tell your story and then you ask for money. And that's what I help people do is I'm helping them tell their story of how they create something that's valued in the right way. And we repeat that over a period of time. And then you ask for money. So it makes it very easy for senior leadership and HR to say, oh, my gosh, yes, of course, I need to pay you more. I think that's so so wise that that sort of structure. So so let's sort of break it down. What um like the first step? How how are you structuring that negotiation? Like what research do you need to do in advance of it? People you need to talk to. Yeah. Um, so, and I have a document I can send anybody. So you can go out to prosperconsultingllc.com and just send me an email and I'm happy to send you this document. It's a list of more than 10 resources of where you can do research to find compensation data that is free on the internet. So unlike, you know, 20 plus years ago when you didn't have access to this as an employee, there's lots of different resources. And so some of them are things like Payscale, LinkedIn, um, Glassdoor, uh, salary.com. There are a number of different resources you can use to do research to figure out what is your job worth. So that's step number one. So your job is worth from this number to this number. It's a range. And then you have to tell your story, your accomplishments and your results stories. And then that anchors you within the range. And you ideally want to be anchored toward the top end of the range in somebody's opinion of what you can produce in their work environment, right? So First, do the research. What's the job worth? And then what are you worth in the range? And that um, you can talk about your accomplishments. And then third, you have to also get comfortable with having difficult conversations. So it's not, this is not a one conversation and you're done. This is a, you're in a one-on-one discussion with your manager. And toward the end of the conversation for the week, you say, hey, I just want to tee up with you the next time we have this, we have our one-on-one, I want to talk to you about my pay and performance. I've been doing some research and I feel like my pay is less than what the market suggests I should be making for the type of work I'm doing for you. So I just want to tee that up with you so we can talk about it next time. And they'll say, they should say, great, send me your research so that we can, so I can look at that before we meet next time. So you're teeing it up because as a manager, I can tell you when an employee kind of springs this on you and you don't have any time to think about it and kind of do your own research and, and um, planning for the conversation, it's, it's, it's not great. So you tee that up and then you have the conversation next time and you ideally send them your research and you, and you talk to them. And it's going to go a couple different ways, right? Your manager is going to say, okay, wow, I can see what you're saying. Or two, you're going to get some more additional performance feedback about whether or not you've matched your role and the work you're doing to the right matches in those free compensation sources. Um, and then you're going to get some feedback on your performance. You're probably going to get some feedback on whether or not they have budget to pay you. Um, and then you get to respond, right? So if they say something like, well, I don't have budget right now to give you a pay increase, you say, okay, I understand that. Help me understand what do we need to do to get budget so that you can pay me what I'm based on what I'm delivering. 
right? And then you also want to write up those accomplishment stories. What have you done for them? What is the business case? Because most of the time your manager isn't the only person who has to approve this. So if you write up what have you accomplished, you share with them the research, where you'd like to be paid, et cetera, and then you give this to them, you've helped them tremendously have a conversation with their boss as well as HR. I think that's a good reminder because it's not just your manager that's making that decision. It is going through many layers. And so trying to build the case in an easy in an easy way for your manager to take that information to their manager, to take that information yeah. to HR and to have those conversations. So you're making it easier on your manager to be able to uh, advocate on your behalf because it is yeah. that you, you can advocate only so much for yourself um, and you you're your best advocate, but um, in the corporate world, it often comes down to um, the bottom line and what your your manager's manager may have budget allocated for that for that um, quarter. Exactly, and then and then the other piece is you shouldn't just have your boss being the only person in the room when they're sitting there with their peer group talking about your good results. You should be visible, not just to your boss, but to your boss's peers, your bosses boss, his or her peers. So being visible in a way that allows you to demonstrate what you're an expert in, that allows you to demonstrate the results that you're driving is really important. And so I often will coach my clients on, really, it's a marketing plan. How do you make yourself visible to the right people beyond your department, your, you know, kind of small group? How do you make yourself visible to the right people beyond that? in order to make sure that when the broader discussion is being had, that it's not just your boss speaking up about the good work you're doing. That's such good advice. I mean, do you have a couple of like takeaways for, um, for in those conversations or trying to figure out how to be a little bit more, more visible, more visible? Sure. So I'll give you an example. So let's say you are on a, a critical project and uh, the project that is at kind of the middle of the project and you giving your boss some updates and the project isn't just impacting your departments, it's impacting others within the organization. You talk to your boss, give them the update. And then you say, I would love to have an opportunity to come talk to you and your peer group and share an update about this project. Or, um, could I, call so-and-so and so-and-so or send an email to them and ask to be invited to their staff meeting just so I can give a five, 10 minute update about the project to these other work groups who are going to care about the, the impact to their team. Now, obviously you have to work with whoever the project leader is, if you're not the project leader and so forth, to make sure those communications and stakeholdering is done appropriately within the culture of your business. But just being visible and presenting can be really powerful. It gives you an opportunity to demonstrate how you're um, driving results, and it gives you an opportunity to speak in front of broader groups. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think that's really great advice because just to understand that, yes, you have to build the case for the manager, but but also it's about your visibility across the board. I think that's going to help people beyond just salary negotiation. Yes, exactly. And the negotiation piece is really just about sharing facts and data. And and negotiations can be very... um, emotional. And when I work with my clients, I have a 10 question uh, negotiation planning worksheet that we work through. 
so that we're not just thinking about their side of the negotiation, but the other party's side of the negotiation. If you're just thinking about what you want, you're probably not going to get to a win-win. You got to think about the other side of the negotiation and what is their um, needs versus wants and, and um, think about that piece as well. And then once you plan your negotiation, you'll walk into it feeling much more comfortable. And one of the key things to manage your emotions is to get really centered and really clear on the value you deliver. It's really knowing your worth. Because if you don't believe it, nobody else is going to believe it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's excellent advice in order to yeah bring that confidence into the room with you and and know your value because because you you're the one working as hard as you're working and and you deserve to get paid what you're worth. Right. Um, but what about the situations where somebody's not familiar with you? You're being offered a new job at a different company. Maybe it's your first uh, your first full time job. What does that, how does that negotiation differ in your approach? So if it's your first, let's say it's your first job out of college and you've got an internship under your belt, um, but you don't have a significant amount of work experience that's specific to the role that you're stepping into. So obviously you're going to get an offer. I always say ask for at least 10% more, but you don't ask for more without articulating why. You need a strong why. So maybe you've done your research. These, again, these free resources, I can email you if you go to prosperconsultingllc.com and shoot me an email, I'll send you the list. And what you do is you, you articulate why they should pay you more based on their business goals. So when you're going through an interview process for a job, you shouldn't be learning just about the job. You should be learning about the department and how the department and that organization or business unit is contributing to the bigger goals of the organization. So are they trying to drive revenue, increase sales? Are they having some sort of other impact on, they have customer met metrics. If it's a public firm, you'll be able to find some of these success metrics in um, their uh, annual report. But you tie what you are asking for to how you can impact those broader goals. And, you know, if, it's not just about you being successful in the job. It's about making your boss look good. It's about making those people around you look good too, right? So your success depends on how you help drive success for other people. So learning how other people define their success, how other people are judged um, for their success and then tying things in is important. And sometimes when you're in a brand new situation, brand new job, you don't have a whole lot to say yet, right? Because you haven't, you haven't proven yourself. And then what you say is, you know what? I got you, you don't know me yet. You don't know what I can deliver. And I'm talking about all my accomplishments and I'm really proud of them, but I haven't quite delivered in your world yet. So can we put in the offer letter something that says we will have a pay and performance discussion in six months after my start date? Because by that point, you'll have some facts about how I can produce results and good outcomes for you and your organization. And so you tee it up at the very beginning if you don't have a lot to say and you're kind of new, or maybe you're in a career transition. I talked to somebody today who is an executive assistant who wants to get into marketing. And you just say, you know what? I'll accept this for right now. But what I want is a pay and performance discussion in six months so that we can make sure that my pay is aligned to the results I'm driving. Well done. I mean, I think that, that I think that's so, so smart because often 
you may not have the, you don't have the, the historical knowledge of the, of the company. They don't know you, as you said. Um, but I think even getting it in the offer letter so that it, and even when you start getting that, that meeting set up, um, so it doesn't fall off the books. And yeah, um, so I think that that's really great too. Um, and how, do you have any advice for, because often for those type of negotiations, you're doing it over the phone. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for, for see, over the phone versus in person negotiations? Yeah. So, uh, typically when you get a job offer these days, it'll be over the phone, right? So you'll get a recruiter or a hiring manager for a smaller company and they'll say, Hey, I'm really excited. We're going to offer you the job. You say, Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I'm really excited to hear more. Tell me. And so you get your pen and your paper out and you take notes. And you think of any questions you can think of in that moment and ask them, take notes. And then you ask, ask and say, so help me understand your process. Um, will I be getting this in writing or do we need to agree on the terms of the offer and then I'll get something in writing? Sometimes they'll send you something in writing and then you'll negotiate and then they'll update that document. A lot of times they don't want to send you anything in writing until you've got everything pinned down and agreed to and then they'll send you it. After your discussion, if they aren't going to send you something in writing, you take your notes and you and you type up an email and you say, hey, just wanted to summarize what I heard on the call today. And you type it out and say, I... I want to take two to three days to review this and get back to you with my questions. Um, is that okay? Right? And they'll say yes, because they should always give you two to three days to, to come up with your list of questions. Um, if you get pushed to make a decision right away, be concerned, because they shouldn't push you to make a decision right away. You should have some time to think about it. And then during that two to three t day time frame, what you're doing is you're looking at that and thinking, what do I not understand? So sometimes companies will have bonus programs and you'll be like, I don't know what I need to do to earn this bonus. They talked about it a little bit, but I don't really understand. So you'll have some questions just to clarify. And then you'll have other things like, you know, they're offering me two weeks of paid time off. I really think I would deserve three weeks. So you'll have another list of, I'm going to ask for more of these things because... Um, and then you, in two to three days, you get back to them. Typically, I would do a phone call and say, hey, can we talk at such and such time so we can go over my questions? Um, it's nice if you send your questions ahead of time so that they can look at those and be prepared for the conversation. Um, but if you choose not to do that, that's fine, too. And then you get on the phone and you have, have the conversation, right? Um, and you ideally, in one or two back and forth conversations, you get it all ticked and tied and done. You don't want to drag it out for weeks and weeks. And you want, don't want to drag it out past maybe one or two conversations uh, because it's inefficient and it gets frustrating. Many recruiters uh, have got 20 plus jobs that they're trying to fill at any given time in sizable companies. And so you want to be conscientious about making sure that the dialogue and the conversations you're having are well documented and that any questions or things are in writing so that you you've got it all pinned down. Excellent. Okay. That's, that's so good. And you mentioned something about um, the other things that you can negotiate. So you mentioned mm -hmm. you're, given, you're given two weeks, what, but maybe you deserve three weeks. What are some other th of those th not 
those non-salary related sure. items can you negotiate? So let's say it's a relocation. Um, sometimes you can negotiate relocation dollars. Sometimes it's job title. I have had clients who, when they first started working with an organization, um, applied for a job. And then as I started talking, the job kind of morphed and changed according to their expertise and experience. And um, the job grew in responsibility. And so sometimes I've helped people negotiate for a higher level title than what they started off with because the job kind of got became tailored to what they could bring to it. You can negotiate for... Uh, days to work from home. You can negotiate and say, you know, instead of start an eight to five job, I would love, I'm an early morning kind of a person. If I get in the office at seven, could I leave earlier? Um, you can negotiate for uh, professional development dollars. You know, I am interested in getting a certification in this. Uh, would you be willing to contribute toward that? Uh, if you can't get your salary to where you want it to be, you could ask for a sign-on bonus in a specific way. Um, so anyway, so there's lots of non-cash and ca cash kinds of things that you can negotiate uh, related to an offer. So there, yeah, there's a variety of things. Awesome. Excellent. And so what are some things that make for the most successful salary negotiations? You've mentioned a bunch of them. You mentioned about building your case and then also managing your emotions and helping and being visible. I think all of those are really, really valuable to anybody looking to negotiate. Um, is there anything else that we missed for what makes successful salary negotiations? Uh, yeah. One, one thing I would just say is don't, don't not ask. Your dad was right. Always ask for something more, even if it's not cash. Most employers fully expect you to do some negotiation. And for those that might not, or might, you know, um, do not appreciate that. You have to ask yourself, do you really want to work for that type of an employer? Because they probably don't have much tolerance for disagreement. And um, if you're going to be a sustainable business these days, you got to be able to listen to different opinions. Uh, the other thing I want to offer to your audience is besides the list of where you can go do research and get free compensation data and understand what you should be paid, I also offer free 15-minute strategy calls, and you can book that by going to my website, prosperconsultingllc.com, and click on contact and scroll down, and you'll have access to my calendar via link, and you can schedule a meeting for 15 minutes. It's free, and again, we can solve a lot in 15 minutes for, for a lot of folks, and if you, you know, it gives you an opportunity to get to know me a little bit better and me to get to know your situation and see if I can help you out. Oh, that's so good. I encourage everyone to check out that resource. And so Denise, how can our listeners find you? Um, your listeners can find me easily on prosperconsultingllc.com. You will also find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, but yeah, that website will take you everywhere you need to go. Um, if you want to find me on, on LinkedIn or Facebook, just go to my website, prosperconsultingllc.com and click on connect and it'll give you all those links. And uh, yeah, you can uh, stay in touch with me that way. You can also sign up for my email newsletter. I don't fill people's boxes with um, lots of emails, but every once in a while I'll have a blog post or something that I think is important to shoot out to my, my tribe and I'll, I'll share. Amazing. Yeah, I encourage everyone to check, check you out because I think this is such an important topic and we can all benefit from um, doing some salary negotiation and getting paid what we're worth. So Denise, thank you so much again for your time. Um, 
I really appreciated this. And I think our, our listeners did too. Thank you so much to Denise for all of her wise words. And thank you for giving this a listen. Here are today's top takeaways. Number one, lead with the business case. Don't lead for the ask for more money. Share the deliverables you produce, the results that are valued for the company, and illustrate the outcome. Know what the company defines as successful and where you stack up against that. Tell your story of your value. Number two, do your salary research. Search the internet for resources that offer you a good glimpse into the different salary bands of the position. You can go to Payscale, LinkedIn, Glassdoor, salary.com, or you can email Denise at Prosper Consulting LLC for her free guide. Number three, you should be visible to your boss's peers. Be visible to everyone. Allow everybody around you to know and understand your value. Be visible to demonstrate what you're an expert in and the results you're driving. Share your success with the wider team and be visible to the right people beyond your department. Share your success with the wider team and be visible to the right people beyond just your department. You could always ask if you have a project update or a success story, could I be invited to the next meeting so I can give this project update? Being visible and presenting can be super powerful. So demonstrate how you're driving results. Speak in front of broader groups. Number four. Demonstrate your why. Articulate why they should pay you more based on the business goals. So when you're first learning about a company, learn about the department. Learn about how that department contributes to the bottom line and business goals. Learn about their impact. Then once you're in the job, help drive success for other people. It's not just about you. It's how you can help your manager too. If you haven't gotten the job yet, but you're doing a salary negotiation and they're not willing to pay you what you are wanting, ask them for a review in six months. Get it in writing. Get it in your offer letter so you can have that pay and performance discussion in six months. That's it for today. Thank you for giving this a listen. If you like this episode, please rate it, review it, share it. It helps others find it. And feel free to connect with me on Instagram, kickassin.life. Also, that's a URL. You can visit kickassin.life for the show notes and a deeper dive into these topics, as well as links to my eBooks, Kick Ass in Your Career and Kick Ass with Your Money. I do this for you. I want to help you. So if I can help you in any way, let me know. Please email me kickassinyourlife at gmail.com. Thank you again for giving this a listen. I hope you go kick ass in your next salary negotiation. Until next time.